What's up, Hawks fans? Welcome to another episode of Sweater Weather, a Chicago Blackhawks podcast hosted by me. I'm Luke, and this is Abe. How's it going, Abe? It's going good. Awesome. Good. Um, what games are you playing? Um, Apex. That's re- yeah. Actually, I only played twice. this. I really have not played much over the past week and a half. I played Apex um, two nights ago. Okay. And I played a little bit of Smash last night, and that was it. Okay. Yeah, I haven't played much either. Uh, a couple games of NHL 18 here and there, but um, uh, I haven't played Neo in a couple of days. I'm still stuck on that vampire lady <laughs> who, like, paralyzes you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started to get down, like, like timing the uh, uh, timing your dodges so that you don't get hit by that, like, instant paralysis attack that she does, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was still, it was still frustrating. I got to grind a little bit more or something. Um, uh, I had my, uh, I had my hockey lesson this morning. Uh, you were just asking me about that and I never answered you. Um, uh, we didn't do, we didn't do conditioning drills today. We did, um, well, we did a couple of, we did ladder drills, which is, which is kind of like, uh, I think they're called suicides, like in, in basketball. Oh, okay. So you go from, like, one line to another line. And yeah, then the farther line, line, and then the next yeah. farthest line. Yeah. Uh, so we've we've done that at the beginning of each class so far, but this time um, they had us drop our sticks, and then they got out a bunch of, like, go-kart tires, and then they had us carry the tires. Oh, God. To do that. And when we got to the line, we had to drop the tire on the ice and then uh, uh, put our hands on the tire and do a plank. And hold it for like three seconds, get up, skate back, do another plank, uh, etc. Um, and then that there was brutal. Yeah, and then there were a couple of just like skate back and forth across the ice and like squat but hold the tire above your head, or uh, squat and uh, uh, do a, uh, skate on one skate or uh, squat and like turn your uh, your torso, holding the tire. Um, yeah, it was pretty intense. But we actually did a lot of, uh, like, skating drills and some passing drills and stuff. Okay. You know, as a uh, as an outside observer, whenever I'm watching Hawks games and, like, someone makes a stretch pass, like, through, like, two whole zones, and they don't quite receive it, I, you know, I get super frustrated. I'm like, why are you, like, it's such an easy pass. How do you not make that? Uh, but... Uh, we were doing some passing drills today, like for real, and it. I was taking passes, like moving passes from like ten feet away, and it's so hard. It's unbelievably hard. Oh, um, considering like how small a hockey puck is, with also how small a hockey stick is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even when like when I played soccer, like passing drills in soccer, passing while moving to me, I could yeah. never for the life of me get that down. Yeah, I was so bad at it. It really gives me a new appreciation for uh, how you really need to fine-tune all of those small mechanics when you're playing hockey. Just, like, there's so many just small things that go into it. It's And it's not like... It's it's not like, you know, a basketball or soccer where, you know, if you're... If you try it for the first time, like, you can, you can go out there on the field or on the court knowing nothing and play a game and you're, you know, you're going to play really shitty because, you, you know, you're new to it. 
but you can still play it. Whereas, like, if you just take a bunch of guys who don't even know how to skate, don't know how to receive hockey passes, don't know how to shoot, like, it's just, it's yeah, going to be a shit show. Oh, yeah. Um, like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, hell, I've, <clears throat> I skated twice in my life. I'd, I'd probably do better than the average person. But I feel like I would still be absolutely terrible at it. You used to, you used to rollerblade as a kid, right? Right. So that helped. The couple kind of times, of. the couple of times I've seen you skate, you looked like you were fairly comfortable. After like the first like five minutes of trying to figure it out. Yeah. And Although I do have to say I've yet to fall. <laughs> so I have that going for me. <laughs> Falling's not so bad when you got a bunch of pads on. Uh, in fact, it's much better. I think. Um, so let's get into the news. Uh, you want to timestamp me? Five, five minutes. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, I'm a little less prepared this week than I was last week. I don't have the long descriptions written out, so I'm just going to wing it. Oh, which, by the way, we should include that we're going to start possibly going weekly for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to try to do this weekly instead of bi-weekly just because it's... You know, a, a lot can happen in the span of two weeks. You can have guys recalled and then sent back down to the minors, and you can have, you know, entire winning, winning or lost streaks. You know, it's... And we're in uh, the final third of the season, too, so... Yeah. Plus, you know, there's... It's it's more engaging to, to you guys, the listeners, the, like, dozen or so of you who actually listen to this, uh, if we put out... Uh, episodes more frequently maybe even shorter episodes more frequently instead of doing one hour episode every two weeks we do like 30 to 40 minutes every week mm-hmm. <clears throat> um uh so okay so maybe actually change the yeah, right like now. six minutes and 10 seconds because we haven't gotten the news yet um okay so number one the blackhawks are currently three points out of a playoff spot uh last night it was two but um by the way we're recording this on february the 16th uh, it is a Saturday. Um, last night, uh, Minnesota lost in overtime. They were two points ahead of us in the second wild card spot. They're now three points ahead of us. Tonight, we are playing the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, which we will win 5-2. to two. Uh, And anyone listening to this in the future, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right, because uh, it's the future. No. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Um, uh, number two on the news, the Blackhawks have placed defenseman prospect Luke Snuggerud on unconditional waivers. He's played just 44 games over the past two seasons due to a number of injuries, including multiple concussions. Sounds like they didn't think that they were ever going to, uh, like he was ever going to get past that. So they yeah, just... it's probably a, a minor, a mm. minor leaguer, like a career minor leaguer, most likely. Yeah. Especially with an injury history. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Hopefully he gets picked up and he can at least, you know, play some more hockey. Uh, what little that, you know, he can play. It sounds like he's had a bad run with injuries and stuff, but uh, it sounds like the Hawks have just written him off as a bust, so. Yeah, and multiple concussions, that's no joke. That could lead to lifelong problems, too, so. Mm-hmm. Might not be a bad idea to consider just stepping away. Maybe. Yeah, maybe uh, he's got another career out there. Maybe he can open a jewelry store, like, uh, 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 
What's Brent Seabrook's brother's name? Did you know that he runs a jewelry store? I remember that. Yeah, I remember I, hearing about that. I don't remember his name, though. For some reason, I want to say his brother's name is Brent. But Brent's name is Brent. Yeah. And I'm thinking of Brent Gretzky. <laughs> uh... Whatever his name is, Brent Seabrook's brother, he, like, own, owns a jewelry store or something. Um, number three, Colin Delia has been signed to a three-year, $3 million deal. This, I think, could end up being a steal for the Hawks. First of all, a million bucks for Delia is, yeah, that's great, that's awesome. Uh, there's a very good chance that he's going to be Crawford's backup for all or most of next year, assuming that Crawford is uh, still healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Crawford's deal is up after next season. So there's a very good chance that, uh, you know, I'm kind of reaching here. We It's it's hard to tell how Delia is going to turn out if he's going to continue to improve and develop. But assuming that he does, there's a very good chance that, you know, the last one or two of those years on his contract, he's going to be our number one. Possibly. Yeah, and then... Depending on, well, I mean, save for discussion part, but just saying going, probably say going forward as well, if Crawford doesn't get re-signed, like, then you can afford to pay him a little bit more, you can afford to give him a good raise if he mm-hmm. continues to perform the way he has, so. I mean, let's, you had it in the discussion, in the discussion section, but we we can go ahead and talk just about it now. About it. Just, not, yeah, why not? Otherwise, it's kind of like... Because it goes hand like, in hand. Yeah, so. it's, it's like two half topics otherwise. Um, but yeah, so uh, you proposed discussing what's going to happen to Crawford after next season as far as uh, his relationship or his uh, um, his role with the Hawks goes. Mm-hmm. So uh, my guess is that he gets signed to... He re-signs on a short-term deal, maybe for a couple million probably well short of the like five or six million that he makes right now i think it's six um and then it it's him and delia until Delia's ready to uh take over that number one spot yeah i mean i would think after next season my guess the max they give him is two years but it'd be a good idea like i would recommend what they do is one year at like between three and a half, four million, mm-hmm. and a team option for the second year. Do they have team options in? I don't know hockey. I don't. Know uh, I'm, I'm thinking basketball. So <laughs> yeah, I, I so think, if that's a thing, I would say do that. I don't think it is. I think that's baseball and basketball. Okay, so then it would probably end up having to be like a year to year type contract with Crawford. I would think. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that, especially just, with the concussions. Yeah, it's, like there's so much uncertainty. Um, and, I mean, for all we know, he decides to retire at the end of his contract too. Yeah, which would solve that problem, but it's, I, I guess I don't know. I kind of, I, I kind of like to you know keep signing him like year to year or something until he does decide to retire. I'd like for him to remain a hawk until he retires, and I'd like for him to be there to mentor Colin Delia. Um, I mean, keep in mind, he's 34. He'll be 35 at the end, which is next season, which is the final year on his contract. Is he 34? I thought he was 33. He's 34. 34, okay. Yeah, so he'll be 35 next year. Mm -hmm. So, 
can't imagine he's got a lot of years left. No. Um, I, like we we discussed it on a previous episode, there are some some of those freakish guys like uh, Roberto Luongo, or um, oh God, what's his face? I'm forgetting from New Jersey. Uh, Corey Schneider? No, no Marty Brodeur. Brodeur. Yeah, yeah, those guys who play forever. Um, but who knows? So hopefully Crawford is around for a couple more years. Hopefully he's not forced to retire because of concussions. I guess what I was saying earlier where, uh, you know, this scenario where, um, where Crawford plays out the rest of this contract and then maybe they do like a tandem thing with Delia until Delia is ready to become the number one. And then, you know, Crawford retires. We bring in a young guy, uh, and then the young guy is now the backup to Delia. Like, that's, I think, probably the best case scenario. Right. Worst case scenario is uh, maybe Crawford returns this season or next season, and it's just another concussion. And then at that point, you know, three concussions in, like, two years, you got to ask yourself, like, is it... Is it worth it? Is it worth it? <clears throat> is it worth it when you've got a year left on your contract? And a young kid at home, too. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's important. Wife and a kid. Yeah. And... 34 is old in hockey years, but it's it's still young in human years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I would think, but again, we know Bowman's crazy tendencies to give players some ridiculously long contracts. Yeah. And I wouldn't put it past him to give Crawford like a three year, another three years right after that. While we're talking about Bowman, I, I kind of want to give him credit for the moves that he's made recently. We were, a lot of people were pretty critical of the things that he's done since, I guess, since summer of 2017. You know, when he traded away Panarin and he traded mm-hmm. away Jalmerson. And, mm-hmm. uh, Which I'm still salty about the Jalmerson trade. Yeah. Only because I bought his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I think I've mentioned it before, but I'm not allowed to buy jerseys anymore with names on them. <laughs> because no. Derek Rose traded. Jimmy Butler traded. Jalmerson traded. And Butler and Jalmerson, literally, I bought those two jerseys like within a couple months of each other, and they were both <laughs> gone really soon after. You got a Devin Haster jersey. Was that the same deal? or? No, actually, I got that one... Um, the year the Bears went to the Super Bowl in okay. 2006. When did Hester leave? Um, oh, God. When did he leave? I think it was like 2011, I think, is when he left. No, oh, so it was a couple years later. Yeah. All right, so you didn't curse Hester. No. But, um, yeah, so uh, if you want to buy, like, a Seabrook jersey, though, that'd be good. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Bowman, he's made some, he's made some pretty good moves lately. He's, he did acquire Manning and Kunitz in the off season, which were not great moves in hindsight. He signed Jan Ruda to a, a two and a quarter million dollar deal, which is not a great move. Um, at the time, I, I there were there was some criticism for him signing Eric Gustafson to a two year one point two something per year deal uh although Gustafson's kind of emerged as like this offensive powerhouse 
uh, and he's quarterbacking the first power play unit. So that turned out to be a good move. Mm-hmm. And Cam Ward has been really good for us. So that turned out to be a good move. And he managed to offload Manning. Managed somehow. to offload Manning and Ruda. And in exchange and Kunitz, for. Kunitz might be offloaded too with the trade deadline coming up. We'll see. We'll see. That'd be good. Um, but uh, we got we got Kajula and we got. Um, oh, oh, yeah. We got Strom in the Schmaltz trade. Uh, I like Schmaltz. But, you know, given what we got in Strom, I can live with the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since uh, Schmaltz got hurt and he's going to miss the rest of the season. Not that that necessarily would have happened if he were still playing for the Hawks. Because you never know. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is uh, Bowman, he got rid of Manning. He got rid of Ruda. Uh, he he flipped an underperforming Schmaltz. And now we've got Strom. We've got... Uh, Strom is like one of the most productive guys on the team now. We've got Kajula, who's like he's fitting in pretty nicely. He's uh, he's playing on that top line with Taves and Kane. He's not producing at the level that. I mean, he's he's it's fine. You don't expect him to you know score like three points a game, but uh, he's uh, you know he's being productive in like non tangible ways on that top line, and um, it sounds like Slater Cuckoo has actually been fitting in pretty well and like. One of those bottom pairing roles. Because I know Colleton's got this... He's kind of got this, like, three-man rotation happening for that, uh, I think, the bottom pairing. Where he's, um... He's, uh... He's taking, uh, what, Cuckoo, Forsling, and Dahlstrom. And he's just kind of, like, rotating those three guys in and out of the lineup. Not necessarily because any of them are, like, really underperforming. But just because he wants everybody to get equal playing time and they're playing, you know, as expected, not well. Obviously, our defense still has, our defense is still Swiss cheese. But, you know, the the kind of performance that you expect from Slater Cuckoo or from Gustav Forsling, we're getting it. Yeah. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I, I think he definitely has redeemed himself a bit with the moves he's pulled off Mm -hmm. but i still feel like change might be coming soon i okay i do want to see before i become a bowman believer again i do want to see him uh sign some more guys to reasonable deals Mm -hmm. like delia got signed to a reasonable deal uh actually i wouldn't even say that's reasonable i think that was just like a steal We'll we'll find out. We'll find sure. out. I I mean I think I think it's a two way deal. So like worst case scenario, if Delia tanks next season, then we can bury him in the minors. Uh, God forbid. But I I'd like to see. I want to see Alex DeBrinket's next contract. I want to see Dylan Strom's next contract. If he doesn't like grossly overpay those guys, if he doesn't give, uh, if he doesn't give DeBrinket like a like a. 20 year 15 million dollar a year contract then you know i'll be pretty happy um but yeah i i I do want to see some more some more reasonable signings happening because that seems to be his biggest bugbear yeah is signing guys to ridiculous contracts see brent seabrook see jan ruda see brian manning see brian manning (laughs) Which he make she's no longer here, but... Yeah. See 
Um, Marcus Kruger. See Artem Anisimov. Not that I have a problem with Kruger or Anisimov. They're just a little overpaid for their roles. Uh, third and fourth line center making um, four and a half and three million dollars respectively. It's, it's too much. Moving on. Number four in the news category. Uh, Dylan Secura has been recalled from Rockford. Um, I actually want to see... Let's see. He's played two games with us since then. Uh, he's got one assist. Looks like he's got one shot on goal. Wow. That's... I mean, let's see. Against Boston, he had 8 minutes 33 time on ice. And then against the Devils, he had 10.05. So... Yeah, so he's he's definitely playing in a, a sheltered role. He's you know he's not there yet. He's 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 an unfinished product. Yeah, in his eighteen games with the Hawks, he has seven assists. No goals. Nope. Hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's gonna need some more time, I think, before he's before he lives up to his potential. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, number five. Dylan Strom was named the NHL's third star of the week for the week of February 4th through the 10th. Uh, the number one star of the week was Jordan Binnington. He's a goalie for the St. Louis Blues. And number two was Patrice Bergeron. So, uh, good job, Stromer. I think that's his first time making the NHL three stars of the week. Or his stats that week. Um... Dylan Strom. Uh, Strom collected uh, two goals and five assists for seven points in three games. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Pretty good. That's some Canter-level numbers. <laughs> yeah. I, at least, like, in a, a short... In a short week. In a, a, a small sample size, yeah. Number... I didn't number these. One, two, three, four, five, six. Number six. Uh, Crawford said in uh, an interview with the media that he feels like he's ready to return to the lineup. Um, they do want to give him some more uh, some more conditioning, a couple more games before we actually see him back in the lineup. But his return is imminent. Uh, I would expect him within two weeks. Yeah, I am actually going to pull up the schedule real quick, and I'm going to make my bold prediction. You have a bold prediction, you say? Yes. Okay. I say he starts... The 24th against the Stars. Okay. That's my prediction. Okay. Do you still have the schedule there? Yeah. Let me see the schedule. I'm going to make my own bold prediction. All right, so you say the 24th against the Stars. Yep. Um, uh, I'm going to say the Avalanche. Okay. Yeah, the Avalanche so on the 22nd. Before. Yeah, Friday. Is that Friday? Is that Friday? That's next Friday. Next Friday. Okay. I, I, was, I was a little confused for a moment there because uh, I was thinking of next month, the, uh, the Hawks and the, the Avalanche are going to be playing a home-and-home. Home. Yeah, because that's the game you're going to, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to Denver and we're going to be, uh, we're going to be attending the Saturday night game uh, as the, the latest entry in our attempt to visit every NHL arena. Uh, we've got just a good thing you got the Joe out the way before it closed. 
Yeah, yeah. I like specifically when I heard that the Joe Louis Arena was going to close, I was like, we have to go this season. Um, and it was it was a really cool experience, actually. It's you, I think, are never going to see another hockey barn that is just so old and decrepit, but like full of history. It was it was really it's just, it was really cool. It's like uh, it's kind of like going to Wrigley Field or um, I assume Fenway. I've never been to Fenway, but it's just like you know, there's so much history there. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it was a really cool experience. Um, I would recommend it to anyone, but you can't. You can't go to the Joe anymore. Yeah, so, you're out of luck. Yeah. So unless you develop a time machine, which in that case, yeah, uh, time travelers, please give us five stars on iTunes. <laughs> Number seven, or whatever. Uh, we were going to talk about Patrick Kane's production lately. So Patrick Kane is currently... Where's my tab? I had a tab open. There it is. Okay, so Patrick Kane is currently second in the league in points with 85. Uh, he is seven points behind Nikita Kucherov. Jesus. Who is 92 points. 92 points in 58 games. That's unbelievable. And Patrick Kane was just ahead, like, last week. I don't think he was ahead. I think he was just... Or barely, he managed to tie. He he managed to tie for first up until they... Pl- I'm not even Tampa sure that Bay there was played. a tie. I'm I, not, I think it was. Oh, you mean for like a couple hours during the day? Yeah. Like between games or something? Maybe. Uh, yeah, it, it was the... Um, I think it was the, the Capitals game that they played early. Or that one early game that they played like mm-hmm. a week ago. I think it was last Sunday or last Saturday. Something, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. I wasn't aware of that. But I do know that it's been... It's been pretty close, although uh, Cooch has some a little bit of leeway now. Uh, and then in third place is uh, some schmuck named Connor McDavid. Never heard of him. Um, number... Actually, you know what? Looking th- Just real quick. Looking through yeah. like the top 50 right now in points, Kaner is tied, for, is tied for second in goals. Is he? Yeah. Ovechkin's number one with 39. I think. Of course. Let's see. Let's go back. And then who's the other guy in this? Okay, second? no. Okay, second is Jeff Skinner with 36. And then Kane is tied for third with Dreisaitl. Okay. And then with he's... 34. Cool. Crazy. Uh, and then Mitch Marner, Brad Marchand, Sidney Crosby, and Steven Samkos have 69 points. So, nice. Hey. <laughs> uh, we were going to talk about something else there. What was it? We were just talking about this. Um, scoring. Sco- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with his assist to Dylan Strong's goal against mm. the Devils... The streak. He has a 15-game assist streak, which is a new franchise record. Mm-hmm. And he's also... Which is kind of surprising. And he's also on a 16-game point streak. So, uh, which... I think it was 28 points in 15-16? 26. 26? Yeah. So he could he could tie it. He could beat it. He could Although, get close. I, I, I came across a comment on Reddit that um, basically said that if we take out the stadium game, or the Winter Classic... It'd be a 23-game point streak. Yeah, I saw that. So essentially he has a 23-game point streak in state in arenas. Indoors. In, indoors. That's pretty cool. So he's almost there, but we have to count that. Winter if, Classic, unfortunately. If the Hawks make the playoffs, I think that Kaner deserves a heart. 
I think so. I, I, like, he deserves to be a finalist. Yeah, he at least deserves to be in the discussion. Because, like, like, not to downplay what Kucherov's doing this season, like, he's been phenomenal, but Tampa, that team is stacked. Mm-hmm. They've, you know, they've got depth. They've got, like, Kucherov's playing with talented guys on his line. Patrick Kane, uh, he's playing, well, he's playing with Jonathan Taves, who I guess is talented. Well, now, um, yeah, considering but, the shifts that Compton has made, so. Yeah, but there's just, like, he's just had this revolving door of players on, uh, on his line, and for some reason, he's managed to produce with all of them. And the Hawks, who at one point, uh, dipped into last in the league, are now back in a playoff race with a very good chance of making it. Now, you know, granted, we owe that large in large part to the fact that the West is just so uh, mild this season. Um, they they keep calling it a uh, 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 a turtle derby or something uh, for the wild card spot. But yeah, I think that uh, Kaner definitely deserves to be in the uh, in the conversation if the Hawks make the playoffs. Yeah, because that's essentially what like the whole point of an MVP is Mm -hmm. like being the best player Mm -hmm. or the team or the player that gives the most value to their team and essentially having a Patrick Kane on your team anybody that plays on his line is instantly going to have better numbers you know I very recently went back and I looked at a scouting report from 2007 on Patrick Kane and everything it described like I, I look back on the last decade or so, and I'm like, that's exactly what he turned out to be. It was things like, uh, um, like you know, elite playmaking, like uh, hockey IQ, uh, uh, ramps up his play in big games, uh, makes uh, makes the other players around him better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they they knocked him for his size. He's kind of small. You know, oh yeah. So, you know. He's not gonna. Be checking people in yeah. the boards, but he's also historically good at avoiding those big hits. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, Patrick Kane's a good player. Is I guess the the summary of what we were just talking about. And then number twenty seven or whatever, um, the Blackhawks hosted a STEM class for uh, some grade school kids or something. I don't know some kids, some kids in school, stay in school kids, um, at the United Center. Uh, is a STEM class, and they did a bunch of, like, physics demonstrations and stuff. Actually, I'm just going to read some of the, the stuff from the, uh, the NHL.com article here. The Chicago Blackhawks brought fun to Learning Friday when they hosted the inaugural Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math Showcase at United Center. More than 8,000 students, primarily from Chicago's public schools, watched several Blackhawks players demonstrate how speed, energy, and angles are applied in hockey. All students have participated in Future Goals or the Blackhawks First Stride program at MBI Serena, their practice facility. Uh, Blackhawks forward Dylan Strom participated in an angle seminar in which he and forward Drake Kajula banked pucks off the sideboards and into miniature nets. He was also in the Energy Seminar, which demonstrated how the flex of a stick creates energy for the hardest slap shot. Uh, and then... Uh, yeah. So... Just, like, that kind of stuff. It's... God, I wish I had that in school. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Actually, when um, when I was in high school, my uh, junior year, I took physics, and mm-hmm. we actually got to go to Six Flags for Physics Day. 
Oh, nice. So that was pretty fun, just having to, like, learn, like, velocities and angles with, like, roller coasters and rides and stuff like that, so... That's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Like, it's a good way to get, like, people to get engaged in stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, this, like, this is definitely, like, a good way for, like, the Hawks... Or, like, just to get kids into, like, interested in Mm -hmm. that stuff, like, so they can see that there's, like, a science or a math to it. Mm-hmm. Like, not just in hockey, but, like, a bunch of other sports, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool the Hawks to do. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for the news items. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. And we're back. Wasn't that a nice ad we just listened to? Um... Okay, so we're now in the discussion segment. I've got, I've got a hypothetical scenario. There's no reason for me to believe that this is going to happen, but I was just kind of thinking about it, and it made a lot of sense. Um, and it, I wanted to get your take on it. So, uh, Colorado, offensively, they're a pretty talented team. Uh, they've got arguably the league's best line with uh, Rantanen, McKinnon, and Landeskog. Uh, however, they've really struggled this year because of the goaltending, which has not been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got, uh, what, Varlamov and um, Grubauer. Uh, Var- Varley's got like a, a 9.05 save percentage and a 2.94 goals against average, which, you know, isn't awful, but like if, he, you know, if he were like the backup... And then Grubauer's got an 8.90 save percentage with a 3.42 goals against average. They're, I think they're behind us in the standings right now. Um, no, no, they're, they're ahead of us. They're tied with us in points, but they're ahead of us because they've got one game in hand. So uh, my question is, if Colorado comes to us and they say, uh, we need to show up our goaltending, we want Cam Ward. What do we do? And, and okay, that is actually a really tough question. Like, thinking about it, because both teams are in a wild card race. Mm-hmm. But essentially, if the Hawks are like, okay, we'll listen to an offer, and Cam is willing to trade his, or waive his no trade clause, mm-hmm. Then essentially you're gonna be like, okay, we're gonna ride Delia and just see what happens. Like we're either yeah. gonna, because Crawford's tank. gonna be back soon. True, but you don't know how so. well he's gonna perform when he comes back either. Right. So let's say that the Hawks are still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Uh, I, you know, there's always the possibility that things go south and then they're like, fuck it, let's tank. Maybe they lose the next like five games and then it's February 25th and Bowman's like, well. Let's sell some shit. Uh, fire sale. Um, so let's say let's say that Crawford comes back like within two weeks, and then it's Crawford and Delia. Uh, Crawford, you know, in theory is, you know, back to his old self. Um, and then you got Delia, you know, who we all know has performed pretty well this this year. So do we do we sell off Ward? to Colorado and help them compete against us in this playoff race that were they to have good goaltending, they would probably win. Hmm. Now, also bear in mind that I think... The trade deadline is Monday, February 25th. Yes. 
I, I'm going to check on this, but yes, Colorado has two first-round picks. Ooh. They've got their own, which will probably be, you know, like, like middle of the road, like 10 to 15 if they miss the playoffs, and then like, or, you know, like 15-ish if they miss the playoffs, and then... Like uh, the top 20, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably like a, like a top 20 pick. Unless they go really deep in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe they could if they had a reliable goaltender. If it was Ward and Varlamov, then maybe they make a decent run. Um, but they also have Ottawa's first-round pick. Ottawa's currently last in the league. And Ottawa has a, like, if... Is it a conditional pick? It's... I don't think so. I want to see if I can... Pull this up. I don't think it's a, a conditional pick. I think um, I'm spacing on their GM's name now, but oh, it is a conditional pick. Let's see conditions. If Ottawa's 2018 first round pick ends up being a top 10 pick, the Senators have the option to keep the 2018 first round pick. It's in Colorado, their 2019 first round pick. Oh. Okay, so I think Colorado chose to keep their 2018 pick, and they gave Colorado, or uh, uh, Ottawa chose to keep their 2018 pick, and then they sent Colorado their 2019 pick. And their, their 2019 pick has a really good chance of being the first overall, which is fucking stupid. Because, <laughs> because thanks to uh, the... Uh, I'm spacing on his name... Colorado's GM. I keep thinking of um, their owner. Hmm. But but thanks to the whole Duchesne trade, they could end up sending Jack Hughes to the Central Division and not in a uh, an Indian head sweater, which sucks. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It says right here. Result. Ottawa chose to keep the 2018 first-round pick. Colorado received Senators' 2019 first-round pick. Those dipshits. God. Okay, so the... Yeah, I see. The condition was... Colorado gets a first round pick in 2019 and sends first round pick in 2018 is inside mm. the top 10. Okay. And they deferred. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's, what I'm oh. saying is since Colorado has two first round picks, let's say that they, they get super generous and they're like, we think we can make a run if we have Cam Ward. We'll give you our first round pick for Cam Ward. Do we take it? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah? But... Also, Cam Ward has to be willing to waive that That's true. clause. That's true. He's got a no-movement clause, which means that he can't be traded unless he, 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 wa- he waives his clause. So, I mean... But assuming he does. Assu- I mean, shit. You can even package one of your bottom, like your bottom six defensemen along with Cam Ward if their defense is also kind of... What would you want in exchange for that? That first round pick. I mean, I think you can get. Oh, I you think, think you can like, dump both? Of, I think you can dump like, um, like is Ruda's down in Rockford, right? Or Ruda's he, in Tampa. Oh, that's right. That that's so, a swap for a cuckoo. So you're saying like if Colorado's like mm, we'd be willing to give up our late first round pick, but mm, Ward's not enough. Right. You say like maybe we sweeten the deal. And add one of those bottom six defensemen. Okay. 
I could see that. Yeah. Like Dahlstrom or um, Forsling. Yeah. That's... Yeah. That would make it enticing for him, too. It would. And I figure Ward might possibly even be considering, like, would even consider it waiving his no-movement clause because Colorado probably has a better chance of making the playoffs than the Hawks. Yeah. it's. I mean, if Colorado gets in, I think they have a better chance of making a run with the Hawks than the Hawks. Um but at the same time, Ward's, you know, he, he seems pretty happy in Chicago. He's settled in. He's he's unpacked his bags. His wife and kids are here. I don't I don't think it would be an easy decision for him to decide to waive his no movement clause. Mm-hmm. But especially I mean, if like Tampa came knocking and they're just like, hey, uh we've like this would never happen. They're like, we got Vasilevsky. And we've got, um, uh, who's the other guy? The guy they got from the Kings in the, uh, in the Ben Bishop trade. He's their backup now. Some with a B, I think. Whatever. Doesn't matter. If for some reason Tampa's like, yeah, we want a third goalie, then, you know, maybe he takes that because that's like, he's got a killer chance at winning a Stanley Cup. That's true. But, uh, you know, Tampa doesn't need a goalie. They've they've got good goaltending, uh, but Colorado, uh, they seem to me like the perfect suitor for something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a first round pick for Ryan Hartman. That was with the Nashville trade, right? Yeah. I mean, who did who did he turn into, or have we not used that pick yet? Uh, we use that on um, Nicholas Bodin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, granted, granted, Nashville also, they had, you know, Hartman was a younger guy and they had a, like, a a chance to sign him and, like, keep him long term. So, for them to trade their first round pick, their late first round pick for Ryan Hartman, it it makes a little bit of sense because they probably would have gotten a a player around Hartman caliber anyway, Mm -hmm. but they've, like... Who wasn't proven yet, though, unlike Hartman. Yes, and also you trim that first couple years of development by trading your first-round pick for a guy who's, you know, about that good, but he's an NHL player, an everyday NHL player, while this team is in their cup window. Yeah, yeah, because Nashville's in, like, Mm -hmm. win-now mode right now, too, yeah, so... Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, so... In... Really, I think that that Hartman trade, like this isn't even what we're talking about, but that that Hartman trade, I think worked out pretty well for. It's a win-win for both teams. Yeah, yeah. It, it really was a good trade. Okay, so you you do say that we we take that first rounder if Colorado were to offer. It oh, first. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Even even if we've got a real shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, I I would say do it because. The Hawks are fairly low on draft picks. You say the Hawks? No, I said the Hawks are fairly low on draft picks right Listen now. Listen here, Ditka. Because, <laughs> yeah, aren't they fairly low on draft picks right now, the Hawks? That's a good question. Um, I think that's the case. I think they're missing a couple this year, but they're not... Uh, uh, I like the Bears, so I have absolutely no draft picks this upcoming. No first-rounders this upcoming... Season, um, draft class. 
uh, the Hawks have the Hawks have seven picks, but they've got uh, uh, they got two fourth rounders instead of a third rounder. Okay. Do they have any first or second rounders? Yeah, they got a first and a second. Okay. I mean, hey. I. Okay. So we do have draft picks, but no, I would still. Still, though, the, the way it's looking right it. now, our first rounder is probably going to be top 20. Like 10 to 20. I don't think we're going to land a top 10 if you know we stay hot like this. Because the other thing the Hawks could do, now that now this has me really thinking, <laughs> if they can pull off the trade... Abe's playing 4D chess over here. And get a first-round pick. Now they have two first-round draft picks. They can potentially throw like, hey, here's two firsts and a third. Let us move up. Hmm. Maybe. Possibly. I mean, I guess it depends where they're moving up to and if they think that they can get a player who's worth it. Going to have an impact right away, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think two mid to late first rounders would be enough to move into, like, the top five. <clears throat> but... I think... But I think, though, if the Hawks are going to start moving early picks, then they should probably trade them for guys who are everyday players right now. Because... Uh, Maybe next season, but almost definitely two years from now, the Hawks are going to be, like, I think the plan is that the Hawks are going to be contenders again. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have, like, maybe two to three years to eke out another cup out of the Kane and Taves era before it all just comes crashing down and, you know, everyone's old and expensive. Mm -hmm. Everyone's already old and expensive, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's super interesting. Like, yeah. There's so much like stuff you could do. Hmm. I mean, even like even if you don't want to use the draft picks and you want to go into like get into that window sooner as well with all the like with the prospects the Hawks have, the other possibility is pulling off a blockbuster with those first rounders and getting a mm-hmm. big name player for the team as well. Yeah. That's going to have a big impact. Like, preferably, like, a top two defenseman. Yeah. Because that's it's something the Hawks really need. Because Keith and Seabrook are showing their age. And they're not getting any younger. The defense is going to be... Bowman's got to play like some four D chess or something, cause, uh, like, because we've got these young defensive prospects who like look like they're really talented, and they're coming up, you know, a year or two from now, and they like long term. I think that they're going to be great and they're going to be impactful, and you know, maybe the future, maybe the next Duncan Keith is in that bunch of guys right there, uh, maybe. Uh, Maybe Henry Yokihari is the next Duncan Keith. Who knows? Um, but, like, those guys are a couple years away, and I think that, like, not only are they a couple years away from the NHL, but they are, they're, like, even more years away from being elite NHL players. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, Yokihari, you jumped right into the NHL. Well, not right in. Like, a, he, a year after he was drafted, he jumped into the NHL, and he was... 
like good, but you know they they demoted him to Rockford because it seemed like behind the scenes he was sort of drowning a little bit. Um, and it's going to be another year or two before Yoki Haru can be you know like let's say that he's like he starts scratching at the ceiling of you know like 2015 con smite uh duncan keith yeah yeah because but the other thing too again like if like having these younger guys like some of the guys that are currently on some of the defensemen that are currently on the team mm-hmm. if they can pan out to be really solid like top four defensemen like now you have the case where like these guys are your top four but you're stuck with Keith and Seabrook as mm-hmm. your bottom as your bottom six defensemen yeah and there's no all of a sudden there's no room for the young for the prospects I mean I mean that's like to me that's one of the big problems right now with right with all the def- like defensive prospects that the Hawks have so long term, I'm not I'm not terribly worried about uh, finding room for the the young guys. It's it's more like the the short to medium term that I'm worried about because, uh, you know, four years from now, let's say uh, Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook are going to be our our number five and number six, and then our one two three four are probably going to be some combination of. Uh, Yogi Haru, Mitchell, Bodan, Boquist, Gustafson. Um, you know, maybe someone gets traded, maybe someone doesn't pan out, maybe someone's a bust, you know. But it's probably going to be something like that. My concern is, like, next year and then the year after that, when uh, Keith and Seabrook are just another year older, another year slower, and these young guys are, they're closer, but they're not there yet. Because even if, even if, say, like, like Mitchell and Boquist make the team next year, which I think is plausible. We're going to have uh, three defensemen on the roster who are 20 or younger, and you don't win Stanley Cups that way. So you'd think that we'd have to maybe find like a top four guy. If we want to be competitive next year, we got to find a top four guy and sign him to like a short-term deal. But then that's just another guy who we have to squeeze into this already packed lineup of defensemen. Mm-hmm. So I think... Like, 2019, 2021, that's going to be... That's the window. Yeah. That's that's probably the window, and that's the, the time when we really got to figure some shit out as far as who's going to stay in the, uh, in the defensive pairings. Mm-hmm. That was a good talk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we already talked about Crawford... So, uh, last thing I've got, I put a Twitter poll up on the Twitters, uh, as I've been trying to do. I'm going to try to do this weekly. Uh, our question of the week that I had for you guys, and did you vote in this? Is this why there's an extra response? Okay. So, uh, our question of the week was, uh, what should the Blackhawks do when Crawford returns? And then the options were, send Delia to Rockford. Attempt to trade Ward. I actually put attempt to Ward in there because I accidentally a word. Um, it's supposed to say attempt to ward off evil. Uh, or uh, the third option is carry three goalies. Now, 43% of you said send Delia to Rockford. 
43% said carry three goalies. 14% said attempt to ward. So essentially, three people said send Dealey to Rockford, three carry three goalies, and one person said attempt to ward. <laughs> you don't have to say how many, because we don't have a lot of voters. Also, I only had the poll up for like like 20 hours. hours or something. Um, so, uh, realistically, what will probably happen, I think, is that Dealey gets sent to Rockford. Yeah. Um, although I find it interesting that so many people were on board with the idea of carrying three goalies. I was... Actually, that's what I said in the yeah. first place, too. But the most logical thing is going to be to sign Delia down. I think, to an extent, it makes sense. Because you've got three guys who, for various reasons, would benefit from a lighter workload. Uh, Ward, because of, I, I guess, his... Uh, I... It's not the wards like old or anything, but like when when he's you know playing like when he's making like four of every five starts or something like that, he seems like he struggles a little bit. Mm. Um, when he's making like two of every three, then he seems a little better. Uh, so like just to keep Ward's load light because of you know his age or his his ceiling or whatever, to keep uh, Crawford's load light because he is coming back from his second concussion in a year and uh, to keep Delia's load light because he's still young, he's yeah, still so developing. Burned out. So if he were to like <laughs> play these guys like one one one, then uh, I could I could see that working out pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's just really unconventional to uh, to you know to carry three goalies. Yeah, especially right now with the Hawks having what set Rotating seven defensemen, is it? Yeah. I that, think that's a, the other problem. I think there's a lot of defensemen in Rockford right now, too. Because mm-hmm. the... It, it, Bowman's MO over the past couple of years has just kind of been to, like, get a bunch of, like, seventh defensemen. Get and all hope, the defense. Just, just get just all of them. Just get all of the seventh defensemen he can find and hope that a couple of them are actually, like, a three or a four. Mm-hmm. You know, in the right circumstances. Uh, and <laughs> it's debatable how well that's worked out. Actually, it's not debatable at all. It's not worked out. Yeah. Um, Especially because most of them are gone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the least popular answer was uh, attempt to trade ward. Assuming you guys know what I meant. Uh, so I actually have to take a piss. So let's wrap this puppy up. Yeah, put, I mean, put I bow on. Done, so. All right. Uh, so that has been this week's episode of Sweater Weather, a Chicago Blackhawks podcast. My name's Luke. Your name is Abe. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. Ask us questions. Uh, send us comments, concerns, suggestions. Um, please give us five stars on iTunes. It helps us a lot. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.